Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Working Musicians Podcast, where I'm your host, Trice Organica. And as always, thank you for tuning in and listening. I mean, that's great. That's great. I'd like to say that we have a, a wonderful episode full of all kinds of holly lolly and jollies going on, but that's just not what we have here today. No, it's not. It's uh, it's not one of those episodes. I got to it's more of a doom and gloom kind of an episode, and I just gotta, I you know, I gotta do it. It's it's just it's just what needs to be done. And helping me get through this episode is Budweiser in the uh, camouflaged aluminum bottles, because that is what I decided to buy at the store. It just felt good. It just seemed like I don't know, seemed like something I should do. Just felt you know, it just it just felt right. It just did. It felt right during a time when everything feels so wrong. I mean, everything feels wrong right now. <clears throat> just the fact that I'm able to podcast to you when the world is not right around me. No, it's not. In case you didn't notice when you clicked on this episode, this is called episode 48, The Hurricane Show. And I'm going to put this out in ahead of other episodes. Basically, it's going to go like, I think, like episode 39, then episode 48. The reason why is this, this, this episode is more time sensitive. It's more time sensitive. I'm going to turn this thing off. I don't need Windows Defender on. This thing doesn't even connect to the internet. Because if it did, well, bad things could happen. It's amazing. If you don't connect your computer to the internet, it just seems to work great. It's amazing. But I got to talk to y'all about a little bit about what's going on here in my neck of the woods. I mean, I'm safe. I don't want anyone to worry about me. I am fine. Dry Organica is here. You know, he's high and dry. But this is about a week after the incident. And when we just, oh, Houston just got killed. The greater Houston area, just Harvey just blew the shit out of it. And uh, it, it's it's just so, you know, I hate to say surreal, but it, that's what it really is. I hate it when people say it's surreal because they don't really know what it means. But the reality is, this is about the point where it's, it's, it's not quite really hit home yet. I mean, we know that things are bad. We know that there are thousands upon fam- thousands of f- people and families that have been displaced and their homes are just basically ruined. Their whole lives are disrupted. But where I'm at, we're fine. You know, I mean, unless you live near a creek or a major body of water, yeah, you might have gotten some flood damage. But basically, if you didn't live in a floodplain, you're fine. And while I'm I'm feeling good, it's just so weird to watch this kind of stuff go on from the comfort of your living room. And when you have full power watching the Weather Channel nonstop, looking at Facebook sharing things messages just trying to do what you can while you're hunkering down in the storm and you know it's just it just feels wrong to be i don't know there's a part of me that just i mean don't get wrong i'm happy my power stayed on and that i didn't get flooded i'm very happy about that don't get me wrong i'm not saying i wish that would have happened to me i'm not saying i wish it would have happened more to me and less to other people that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that there's a part of me that feels bad watching other people in my hometown suffer from flooding when I'm just like, you know, a mere 50 miles away watching this on the weather channel from the comfort of my air-conditioned living room on my Lazy Boy recliner while eating taquitos. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just It just feels messed up. You see these people waist high in water. People have died. People have lost everything. And then here we are. Now, one thing that gives me a little bit of pleasure, I guess you could say, is that I wouldn't call myself a first responder. That, that would be a bit of a stretch based on my profession. But what I, what I do is uh, definitely, you know, I'll put it like this. If you're one of those people out there, I'm not going to say what I do or what I, who I work for, but I do work in a fashion where I, in a, in a profession where I lead teams in the, in, in the workplace. I am a leader of people. And one thing I do feel good about is that I get, I was able to help a lot of people deal with storm stuff 
in a roundabout way. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not a fireman. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a member of the National Guard. I'm not, I'm not a FEMA person. I'm not, I'm not any of those things. But I guarantee you, people appreciated me coming into work, even though it wasn't very practical, and the people around me coming in and doing what we did. Because, because of what we did, people's lives were better. That I can say. We, well, based on what I do for a profession, we serve the community, and that feels great. Even though not everyone is quite so understanding and doesn't understand the reality of, you know, supply chain during a hurricane disruption, you know, it's like people are going to piss and moan about gas availability. Well, look, everything was just shut down. Everything's been disrupted by this awful Harvey, you know? But that's just how it goes. You know, and it's just, it's just been such a weird week. And, uh, you know, here it's been about a week, you know, since the, the major incidents. And it's funny to say it was, it wasn't like a one-time thing. It just, it just kept, the rain just kept on coming for like several days. And it just, uh, we just couldn't take it anymore. It wasn't like a one-time thing where like you hit it and you're done and you're over with us. No, it just didn't stop. Now we got this other thing coming on. It's just, this is crazy. I'm convinced North Korea has something to do with this. It's, it's got to be. Is there a Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden? Something, somebody has to be behind this because this is just unnatural how bad we're getting hit down here in the Gulf South, you know? But we'll survive. We always do. We're very uh, resilient people, you know? We have the guns. Let's face it, we got the guns. We ain't scared. <laughs> and it's the funny thing is, like, me as a, as a, native houstonian texan kind of a person i i mean i'm not really a houstonian i i I, houstonians how do i i don't even know what to say what they are but what i can say is houston is like and the reason why i say that is because houston is one of the most diverse places on the planet you know we get this really bad reputation in texas as being these backwood you know (laughs) behind the times people and and, i mean nothing could be further from the truth the reality is people in texas i mean i don't get me wrong i would say in houston more of your houston houstonites houstonians you know even if we don't always like stuff or get along the point is we are some of the most um i'd say outside of like places like california that's just a different thing we really are very tolerant we really are not in a, but not in like a politically correct way, whereas California is really tolerant and very politically correct. We are not. It's, it's, it's this different and the same, all in the different and same way. I don't know how to explain it. But it's just, you know, different mindsets, but everybody comes together and it's real cool to see, but at the same time, I know that things will never, we're not going to be the same for quite a while. This is going to take years to recover from. And to be perfectly honest, you know, there's a part of me that's a little bit scared that stuff's going to get real real and that maybe somebody's going to try to break in my home and I'm going to have to shoot somebody. I hope not. But the point is the guns are loaded. You know what I mean? I'm not one of those people that's usually real scared of, you know, society. But right now, I mean, the zombie apocalypse is, it's at my doorstep. That's crazy. You know, you hear these people and you think they're crazy. Oh, you, especially here in Texas. I mean, it's kind of like a thing that people are into because it's kind of cool to be into, you know? Like, if you think it's cool to wear camo on a daily basis, you probably you probably understand what I'm talking about. Like, and I'm not talking bad about you. I'm just saying, if you if 90% of your, of your clothing involves camouflage or a ghillie suit, then you probably... I don't have to tell you that this is a real thing. The zombie apocalypse is kind of something like, yeah, you've been telling us all this time. You know, when stuff gets real, country boy can survive, you know? And your way of life all of a sudden becomes very relevant. It's kind of like, you know, I was making a, a joke with some people about how, uh, you know, before the hurricane, if you had a lifted truck, you know, you kind of got made fun of, you know, it's like, oh, feeling a little bit inadequate, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, 
it's just something that you know you we look at it as something that people do in an effort to be cool it's not really practical but then again here we have all this major stuff and all these people with these big lifted up trucks they're rescuing people you know what i mean so it's kind of like huh it really makes you realize that you know maybe i'm not right about this maybe i need to go get a lifted truck maybe i should maybe i should but i tell you what makes me rethink my own opinions you know when stuff gets real these people who are prepared for this kind of stuff and live this way with you know granted even though i think they do it more so as a fashion statement to their to their kind the point is they have a point you know they're ready they're always ready for this, something like this to happen but that's just kind of some of the things that have been going on you know just in this last week and you know just the, the amount of effort i've had to put in at work and just in my personal life to keep things up and running it has gotten me just so down I'm, and i'm finally starting to get out of it you know and it, it kind of got me talking about you know this show and i i think i'm going to name this episode hurricane blues oops i just moved my oh, damn shit piece of garbage there we go. oh come on I'm going to name this Pop Filter Harvey because it's a hurricane-worthy piece of shit. That's better. I, I, I don't know. point is, you know, you just have to be comfortable in your own work environment. And currently, this is my work environment. And I'm not feeling very comfortable because my damn pop filter is not... Stay still, you rotten whore. How hard is it to do? Just stay still. You have one. You had one job. One job is to protect my pops and filter it. One job. Oh, come on. I've almost got it. Like, there we go. So I'm going to move back from the mic a little bit, and that's okay. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let me beef this up just a hair. Get my volumes back up so it's nice and level. But I think I'm going to rename this. I've got it currently named as Her Episode 48 Hurricane Show. I'm going to call this Episode 48 Hurricane Blues. In fact, I'm going to save it right now is Hurricane Blues. And uh, the, the reason why is this it's just, it's gotten me so down. Just like life in general has just really worn me down. And I'm a little bit older. I'm kind of at a point where I, you know, this kind of stuff, I've been through it before. You know, it's no, this is nothing new. It's just life. You know, and I know that there are good times, there are bad times. And it, it everything will come and it will pass and you embrace it. You know, welcome the good and just, and just, and hold on to it and then embrace the bad and just real but at the same time realize that you know it's not eternity at your doorstep you know things that's just life you know without the good without the bad there's not good without good there is not bad without dark there's not light you know without left there is not right without up there is not down you know if you can just kind of wrap your mind around that which i don't think is too hard you know it makes you realize that there is a lot to be thankful for, but it's kind of hard sometimes because it's just real easy to get bogged down by things. And uh, I think this is kind of a, a, a new frontier as far as the audio and musical podcast community goes. I haven't seen or heard anything like this. But, you know, I'm not afraid to get real and speak my mind and just tackle some things that people are afraid to really get into and i don't think it's because they're necessarily they're afraid to it's just you know it's not it's not a sexy concept it's not fun to talk about you know and i'm going to talk a little bit about de depression amongst musicians and that's i think that's a hard thing for people to do like i mean i i try not to be too down you know too much of a debbie the downer i try to be more uplifting and entertaining but what i'm finding is that the reality is 
musicians have a tendency to be very emotional beings. And it's funny because, like, even though I'm a very uh, introverted person and I'm highly emotional in all honesty internally, but externally, you don't see it. Like, and I think that's, that's the way a lot of us were raised to be is, you know, to suppress our emotions and we don't know how to handle things. You know, we, we feel like as musicians, we need advice. And I think partially why some people are musicians, why the reason why some of the best artists and musicians are out there is because they just, they don't have another way to, to, to vent. They don't have another way to voice their voice themselves. And I know that's, that's, the case case in point for me, like there are things that I can say through music that I just that I cannot find the words for. There are just not like words for for some of the emotions and some of some of the things that are brought out by playing by music. And not to sound overly dramatic and sappy, but it's just the truth. There is just some things that words the, in the English language or the language in general cannot describe, and. This is one of those episodes like, hey, if you're not one of those people, you're probably not going to understand what I'm saying, but you can at least appreciate the fact that there are people who understand this, and that there are people who really don't have the ability to express themselves outside of music at the same level. And not to say that they're bad communicators necessarily, but once you've kind of like hit that musical nirvana, so to speak, or you, you've, you've felt that whatever it is that music provides, especially once you play it, it's just, well, especially when you're playing music and you do it yourself, that's, that's really a powerful thing. But when you've heard music and it just really speaks to you, it, <clears throat> you start to get it. And you don't have to be a musician to have heard music that really touches you and makes you really feel all these things. But at the same time, imagine being the person who makes this stuff. And... The reality is, uh, oftentimes musicians are not the most uh, stable people. And for me to sit here behind a microphone, behind closed doors, and say, "Yeah, I'm a totally stable person," is kind of kind of crap. I mean, I am very stable. I'm very functional, but man, I am I am far from perfect. And I tell you what, like I would, oh, if you were to really know me, you'd realize just how far from stable I really am but the reality is I put up a pretty good show and I think that's the truth with most people you know we have a tendency to think that you know the grass is always greener but you know there's executives everywhere you go and they're they're suffering the the same kind of woes because you know sure you can say oh well they they make all this money they have all this power but with it there's there's a cost and I guess I, that's what I want to kind of, kind of talk about a little bit. It's just the cost of being, just being a person, but in particular, pertaining this to musicians. Take a drink to that. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's, what's, that, what's at stake here? What's the cost? Why is it that some of the musicians you love the most and the music you love the most is produced and written by some of the most unstable people on the planet? You know what I mean? It's just kind of a crazy thing to think about, but... It, I, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to find the words to say. Because I, I feel like I'm kind of like, as much as I like to think I'm the exception to the rule, I'm not. You know, I, I don't want to be one of those people who acts like, oh, there's everyone else and there's me. Like, no, I'm not the exception to the rule. I'll be the first one to tell you. I've been, uh, you know, I'm one of those people who like, I, I'm very functional and I have a career. I have a family and you know, I'm very, I'm highly, I'm, I'd say I'm, I'm saying I'm an emotional being is complete bullshit. I am not an emotional being at all. Um, like to a fault. 
And the, the, I'm not saying this to, because to be very pretty or to, you know, I'm not trying to make you so, feel sorry for myself because I, I don't feel sorry for myself. I think I'm amazing. Uh, that's not the, the point of this. I'm just trying to explain myself in an effort to help the listener understand like where I'm coming from on this. And as, and as a person who knows a lot of other musicians and has come up in a certain way, and as part of that that movement, I guess you can say, or part of that demographic, part of those people, I'm one of them. I associate myself as a musician. I don't associate myself as that. That's reality. That that's what I associate myself as. I guess so. You could say above and beyond everything else. But I'm very. I have a career. I'm very functional. I'm very stable. You can. I'm very reliable. Uh, I am highly, highly sensitive. I mean, highly sensitive, almost to a fault. But I am not very emotional from the outside looking in. And I think that that is the case for a lot of a lot of musicians. Uh, now I may hide this a little bit better than some. You know, some of you emo folks. I'm just telling you, you people who you know put on this tough, tough. Uh, you know, exterior shell. I mean, we most people see right through it. You know, cut you open, and you just bleed emotions. But that—that's what a lot of musicians are. Tough shells are seemingly tough shells. Although there's some of them, all you have to do is just barely jab at it, and it just crumbles. You know. But on the whole, musicians have a tendency to be highly, highly sensitive. And I don't always like to say emotional because that's not the right word. Emotional in musicians is not really the right word. Now, granted, to me, music is basically a series of wavelengths that invokes emotions, you know, in, in, in a person. I mean, that's what music is physically. And that is what it is wavelengths. And those wavelengths create emotional responses. I mean that's why music that's that's what music does. Music is wavelengths, that's its physical properties. What it does is create emotional responses. That is what it does. Wavelengths are what it is, emotions are what it does. But people are who are the ones who do those things and who respond to those things. And there's a certain level of sensitivity to and towards that that a person must have so you have to, it, in order to connect with another person through music you have to be sensitive to some of the same same things and one of them that i think is very common is just depression people being sad that's part of life being upset not happy it's just discontent you know anxiety of the unknown Fear of failure. I mean, that sounds, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I mean, these are all the same basic things that everyone apply that applies to everyone. Whether you're the, the one of the, I mean, the stuff that I'm talking about applies to Bill Gates just as much as it applies to the bum on the street. They're just trying to get from one day to the next. At the, you know, granted, their reality might be a little bit different, but they still feel the same way. And that's that's something that you know. That's what this episode is really about. It's just talking about, the, you know, that the reason why music is the tie that binds, and that it, why music can connect so many different people is because we all experience the same emotional responses. We're all sensitive to the same stimuli. But if I were to put my interject myself into this, sometimes the most successful people are the ones who are the best at kind of like um, what's the word kind of like preventing their emotions from affecting their decisions people who are very who who are able to um see past their just not allow their emotions to dictate their lives which i guess is the reality of it i mean the generally speaking some of the most successful people 
They're very logical. They don't let the outside world affect them. They are the ones who affect the outside world. And I think it's like those pioneers, those entrepreneurs, those those kinds of people, they share a lot of this, you know, like the Bill Gates, the Ted Turners, the, you know, the business moguls. I mean, you could even say somebody like Donald Trump. You know, to say that Donald Trump was an emotional being is complete crap. I guarantee you, Donald Trump has has some skin that is so thick. I mean, there is nothing you can do or say to Donald Trump at this point or Hillary Clinton or any career politician that is going to make them go home and cry and reevaluate what they do with their lives. Because if they were to allow the outside world to affect them, they would cease to function. And that's the reality for leaders, you know what I mean? Or that's just kind of what their reality. But they have to be they have to be sensitive to their their community. So what I found is that people who are leaders, and you'll see where I'm going with this, but you'll see like leaders have a tendency to be highly sensitive to those around us, yet they are able to disconnect them their emotions from their decisions. And that's a that's a skill. That's not something I think people are born with. That is something that people it's just a skill set. It's just a, it's like a learned skill, something that is developed that they go out and really make the effort to do. And it's hard because the people people who are able to see through their own emotions and and not allow that to affect them are few and far between. And more and most of the time, we call those people leaders. Uh, you know, but why, why am I talking about this? People, you know, because what I'm saying is, you know, some, some of the things that you would you would you wouldn't associate somebody like a Kurt Cobain and a Donald Trump. You wouldn't think of them in the same sentence, you know, in the same mindset. Because it almost seems like they're they're just like the complete opposites. And in a way they are, but in a way they are the exact same. And it's kind of crazy to think about it like that. And here's what I mean. To say that Donald Trump and Kurt Cobain, granted the deceased Kurt Cobain, are alike, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's preposterous, you know? But what I, I dare you to think about is, are they that different? Are they that different of people? And despite their differences, they are able to unite a huge amount of people, right? And the reason why I bring them both up is, granted, one you know somebody like a Kurt Cobain is highly emotional, right? Whereas somebody like a Donald Trump is not very emotional. But the tie that binds those kinds of people together is they are highly sensitive. They're probably people who are highly sensitive to the world and the people around them, and everything. And all the stimulus around them, they're sensitive to that at a level that most people are not. And despite your politics, you know, in order to make it, I mean, just think about this. In order to get through life and in a leadership position or in a position of power, you have to be able to completely disintegrate the outside world from your personal world. You just can't let that affect that. It's like you can't let you can't let the you know no no is not an answer. There is no no power greater than that of your own. You can't let the fear of failure ever guide you. And most people are afraid of failure. In fact, most people don't try in life because they are afraid of failure. Whereas a real artist, a real musician, they you got to think about this. You've got to know that as a musician, you are not, the odds are not in your favor of becoming market marketable and successful in a financial means. 
Yet, despite all that, despite the uh, the uh, the reality that you are never likely going to make a huge impact on the world around you, and that's just reality. You know, there's this part of you that still wants to try. There's this part of you that doesn't that doesn't accept reality. There's this part of you that says, "Hey, I don't care what anyone says or what anyone thinks. This is my life. This is how I'm going to lead it." I don't care whether it's even makes sense or whether I'm functional. This is what I have to do. This is the message I have to get out. And unfortunately, a lot of musicians' messages are really, really shallow and just stupid. But the point is, people are going to want to try. There are a lot of people who want to be leaders that never become successful or never really, you know, hit the mark and, and move masses of people. But leaders and, and, and artists, they're really not so different. You know, whether it be in the business world and the art world, they're really not so much different. Because being a leader is an art. Leadership is an art. And to really be a good leader and to really be a good artist, it requires some of the same skills. In fact, I would say they are very, very similar, just applied in two different avenues. In fact, they're one of the same because, in my opinion, if coming from somebody who is both a leader and an artist, uh, the skill set required is the same. I would say, not, I'm sorry, maybe I'm not saying that right. It's not so much the skill set is required required is the same, but the input that you have to have, that you have to be able to take and receive are the same. And you basically, you have to understand the world around you at a very high level. You've got to be highly sensitive to what's going on around you. And one of the hard parts about this is, you know, oftentimes musicians and leaders, they feel much more heavily. When, when they're happy, they are very happy. When they are sad, they are very sad. When they're angry, they are beyond angry, you know. And that's kind of the... That's something that, you know, it's kind of like type A personality. You know, we don't always see this in musicians, you know, and leaders because we do such a good job of hiding this from the outside world. But what the outside world doesn't always realize until after it's all said and done or after the, you know, until the behind the music comes in, starts interviewing is that the people who do this are just as susceptible to all the issues that face everyone else. They're just as susceptible, if not more susceptible. They just handle it in a different way. So let's let's talk about this. You know, let's talk about musicians. I kind of, you know, kind of got off on a tangent a little bit about Donald Trump. Sorry, it's just hard not to. I mean, look at the guy. The guy's a freaking, <laughs> it's crazy looking. You know what I mean? Looks like the doll of Chucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, that's our president, you know? And he, who, who am I to say anything, you know? I am an ant in comparison to him, you know? But some of the things to keep in mind is there's a good chance that if you're listening to this, you are a, a hypersensitive person to the world around you, and that's okay. And if you're not hypersensitive to the world around you, maybe that's because you just, you're still you're exploring, you're trying to understand the world around you, you're, you're in the you're music curious, you're you're just beginning to learn and you're exploring the world around you and the and you're just beginning to break the surface of what music really is. So I'm gonna pause and kind of and here in a second and come back to this. I want you to think about this because even though this is the Hurricane Blues episode, that what this really does episode is doing is talking about the emotion or response that one has to have as a musician, the sensitivity to the world and the world around it that one has to have in order to move mountains. How do you, how do you move masses? How do you move people? How do you move on you know unsurmountable obstacles? How do you how do you you know decide that I'm not concerned about logic? I am not concerned about the odds, about reality, because this is my life, and I'm gonna. I don't care about what your reality is. I'm gonna make my own reality. 
regardless of whether it's likely or not. So I'll be back in just a moment after I get rid of some of this Budweiser out of my bladder. much better oh yeah that is so much better <laughs> podcast is sitting at its finest right that's some shit so i guess uh you know i could talk about hypothetical situations and i don't do this show just to come around and talk about myself but hopefully at this point i've i've earned your your, your respect or i i am i i come across as reliable enough or notable enough to for you to to realize that you know maybe there's a chance i know what i'm talking about or maybe there is something that i can say that'll reaffirm your current beliefs or at the very least i'm just another person alongside you or beneath you who has beliefs that you agree or disagree with but the very least it's a dialogue that you're not hearing on a day-to-day basis because the reality is most of us once you get past a certain point in your life you you know you stop having these conversations these kind of concepts stop entering your mind and at the very least even if they enter your mind they're not something you can talk about so this is really what this does is just forces not forces it just gives the opportunity to re-explore some ground that we haven't we haven't traveled in a while and i want to talk to you to really on this episode i want to talk about our emotional response rate to just things in general and in the, this particular one i'm just going to talk about blues the blues the depression you know why is this such a powerful emotion Uh, so while I, I don't feel comfortable always talking about myself, I don't, at some point I only have myself as a, as a bench benchmark for a lot of these things. You know, I don't want to use other people's instances and put words in their mouth, even if I know that they're true or that I've heard them directly. You know, that's not what I'm out here to do. So, I mean, I'd much rather put my own, my own self out there, you know, for, for, I'd rather put myself out there than put another one. So that's the reason why I'm going to use my own personal experiences and belief in some of this. And that, then again, this shouldn't be a big surprise because that's kind of the premise of the show is, you know, one musician sharing his life and experiences for, for others in an effort that maybe that they will gain wisdom and insight from it. Maybe even learn a little bit. Maybe even find out that, hey, this guy, you know, even if I disagree, you know what I mean? It's, it's causing me to, you know, think the, about these things or rethink ideas or reaffirm what I already believe or just further enforce that I don't believe these things. So I don't claim to always be right. I, while I may think when it comes to music, I'm right more often than not. I don't claim to know everything. Uh, shoot, I'm still, I'm still a scholar. I'm still learning. In addition to being a scholar, I'm, I'm unfortunately not a gentleman. <laughs> not a gentleman at all. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my just my personal emotional response rate and how I think it is the case with a lot of musicians. And maybe this will kind of t- you know hit home with other people. But I'm just going to kind of talk about how I view music and how it affects me and why it, why I affect music in the way. I affect music and why music affects me in the way it does. So, without further ado, here we go. 40 minutes in, I'm just really getting into it. It takes 40 minutes to really 
to really circumvent the uh, the surface here. Three, two, one. 40 minutes in, here we go. All right, so I've talked about how, you know, as, as a leader and as a musician, they're similar things. And like while they may be hyper-emotional people, I'm sorry, hyper-hyper-sensitive people, they are not very emotional people on the surface. And I can say that for a fact is, is the case with me. If, if anybody who were to ever get around to meet me, it's almost like cold how how emotionless. It's not that I don't have emotions. I'm not happy or anything like that. But like, I mean, it's just like, geez, how hard do you have to poke the bear to get a response? And I, I say this just to kind of give you an idea of who I am and where this is coming from. Right? Not to make you think I'm better, worse, you know, inferior, superior, anything like that. It's just, just I'm just painting the backdrop here. So I'm a person who uh, has learned to not let their emotional response dictate their decisions. Because if, if, if I were to let my emotions, you know, ju uh, rule my life, I would make a lot of bad decisions. I, I would be very impulsive. I have a tendency to want to do things that are very self-destructive, want to do things that are not good decisions. And uh, I've just learned that that's not a good way to live life. So, to, uh, you know, as much as I might want to say that first thing that comes to mind, usually the third or fourth thing is is more appropriate for the situation. Because at some point you just can't go, you know, respond to everything with, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. You know what I mean? That's just not that's just not how this how life works, whether you like it or not. So you learn how to how to behave within the confines of a human society, and you find that you just can't let yourself be hyper-emotional. Even though you understand the world around you at a high level, you just you just can't let it affect you. But that's that's where I, I, I kind of struggle with. I feel like I, I, as a person, can relate to other people, but I don't feel like people as a, as a generality can relate to me. And I think that's maybe that's part of the calling between you know why artists have a tendency to want to do what they do because they want people to relate to them at the end of the day as much as I, I know better than to think rationally that the everybody is going to relate to me and maybe it's a completely irrational thought and I'm probably wrong but you know if I were to look at this from a you know a statistical standpoint but I don't feel like I'm wrong I feel like I understand the people around me much better than people around me understand myself. And so it's just kind of a strange thing because, you know, you can be as self-aware as you want, but if the world doesn't understand you, they have to do what they can to, cl to classify you. It's, it's, it seems like that's how it is. So it seems like some of these 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 great leaders and these great artists they're kind of searching for the same thing. They're trying to get people not just to not so much just to support their vision, but they're trying to get people to understand their vision. And if you're truly lucky and truly blessed and in addition to being truly skilled and talented and just incredible you will make a big mark on a lot of people. And that seem, might seem like a kind of pretty ambitious goal as, a, as an artist, but at the end of the day, a lot of most of us would love to be appreciated on a mass scale. The reality is that's not likely to happen. You know, that is not likely to happen at all. But the way I look at it is, for me to be appreciated on a mass scale means that people are finally understanding me. Every time I gain a fan or I connect to somebody, somebody says, hey, I really I really like what you do. You know what I mean? It's just more affirmation that I'm not alone out there. And I think that's where a lot of this depression and blues, so to speak, comes from with musicians is just we feel like we're so alone because we're not surrounded by it. And about the point, you know, you do get surrounded by it. It's just like, how do you how do you be surrounded by musicians? How do you how do you how are you supposed to be surrounded by like minded people and make a living and, and be functional, you know?
So some of us go to school and, you know, going to like music school and all that. That's temporary. That's something you have to pay to be. Uh, you, that's not a whole life. That's not a lifestyle that's, that's sustainable long term. It's just part of your life. And, you know, some people do manage to make an academic career out of music. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there isn't a market for it, but it's very small and you got to be very, very good. And to be perfectly honest, the market for career musicians is usually for performance, for is basically for performers and not artists. That's where most of us can make a daily, day-to-day living. But that's not where you make the big bucks. That's not where you achieve power and notoriety. Righty, that's just, you know, a few people break through as being like the best of the best in the virtuoso instrumentalist market, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily artists. Because reality is most of us want to be artists. We want to be known for what, not so much what we, what we do, but we want to be known for who we are, the, the mark that we're putting on music. the sad reality is most of us are not putting a very good mark on music. You know, I can sit here behind my, my pulpit and say, that, oh, I'm putting this great mark on music, but that's just the way I feel. The truth is, I'm really not. You know, I'm not really pursuing music at the level I should. Most of us are not perf- pursuing music at the level that we could. And I'm not pursuing it at the level I could. Hey, I'm behind a microphone instead of writing music. But I think, for me personally, I get a lot of joy out of relating to other musicians because I think a lot of the music, well, I, I used to be a very niche artist, so to speak, where most of the music that I, I made would only be appreciated by people who are really into music. Certain, and half the time it tended to be musicians or people who just had a certain affinity for certain tastes of, of stuff that, you know, somebody just entering it into being a music appreciator, they're just not going to, they're not at that level yet. And so as a result, I tend to, you know, want to be appreciated by the high level music appreciators. That's where I, when I came in, that's where I think a lot of people, you know, oh, we just want to be, appreciated for being so unique and creative reality is that's not going to get you anywhere and and there's a few there there are examples of people who have made have been successful and been that creative i mean take guys like tool and perfect circle same major projects i mean there are people who have cut broken the mold and become very successful but they are so few and far between and I think that most of the artists who are truly successful are the ones who understand those around them the best. Guys, it's not a hard thing to understand. All the same basic emotions and responses that you feel are the same things that those around you feel. And I don't mind saying this because, you know, just based on what's been going on, I've been, I've I've felt kind of depressed for like the last two months. And it's just kind of like, I don't have the, you know, some things I tried to make happen didn't work out. You know, I put all my I put all my eggs in the basket and it just things didn't pan out. But you know what? I tried. I'm happy that I tried and I knew that if I didn't try, I'd be kicking myself. But at the end of the day, I'm disappointed. Things didn't go my way. I did everything in my power and it just wasn't enough. But you know what? And is and that hurts. It really hurts. I am so disappointed in so many ways in my life because I something I wanted so bad I was unable to achieve. However, you can't let that stop you. And I think some of the... It, it's just got... in between that, just work, per, personal life, you know, music life, everything that goes around me, I've just been so just disappointed and just overall just depressed. Like, I feel it. It's like my energy levels are gone. I don't have the desire to do anything. I have the desire to do podcasting, do music. But, you know, what? I, I, at some point, something happened. I'm like, you know what? I know this will pass because 
a lot of musicians have a tendency to be very, very emo- uh, sensitive to the world around them. And as a result, they, depression in musicians is very common. I mean, I, I deal with depression fairly often, but I know that it will pass. It's not a permanent state of being. And, and sure enough, it's, you know, I think I'm kind of getting through it here just recently. You know, there's some things I'm still disappointed with, but overall, I'm happy with myself that I tried. I'm happy that I didn't let that affect my future decisions. I'm still going to go, I'm still going to pursue, you know, even though this didn't, you know, I may have lost the battle, but I'm not going to lose the war. I'm not done fighting the war. Even if I lose the war, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm going to keep fighting. And I think that's kind of the mentality that you have to have as an artist is you can't be afraid of losing a fight. You got to keep fighting. Just keep on going at it. Keep on going at it. Worst case scenario, you fail. But if you were to never tried, what's worse? To try and fail or then to fail to try? And, uh, you know, I think people are so afraid of trying. That's why there are so few artists out there. Honestly, I think most musicians are weak and afraid to really put themselves out there, and I understand why. I'm not. I'm not taking myself out of that equation because I want to be appreciated by the masses. I really do. I feel like if the masses appreciate my music, then they they validate me as an artist and they validate everything I do. And that that will somehow magically make me happy. But the truth is it won't. We're having, you know, major, you know, successful artists kill themselves because they are not happy. They are so depressed and all the all the fame and notoriety does not bring them that fulfillment that they're looking for. Just like being a super successful in business does not mean you're going to be happy. And that's that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, what does it take to truly be happy? And think about this. These are the kinds of emotions that plague everybody. You ever notice that more often than not, the music that we listen to has an air of sadness to it? Melancholy is, is the opiate of the masses in music. You know, so it just goes to show that just because you are a, a starving artist does not mean you cannot relate. That your music will not relate to that business executive. But at the same time, realize that if you really are that, that hypersensitive musician and that artist that really, under, that really feels the world around them at a higher level, and that... It, and, that you should that you are portraying an emotional wavelength via music it's going to it's going to interact with people it's going to do it you just got to get it out there but keep in mind that if what you're doing is not connecting with people it means you need to open up as a person means you need to open up your understanding. It means you need to quit closing yourself off. You need to allow yourself to feel the world around you. And unfortunately, sometimes it hurts. It hurts seeing people suffer in these hurricanes. You know, this is the Hurricane Blues episode. It hurts seeing people so close to me losing everything. It just hurts. I feel for them. Take that. Use it. Use, I mean, use the, use your ability to sense the world around you and make something that really translates and really connects to a lot of people. That's the purpose of music. That's the purpose of being an artist. If what you're doing does not, is not for the good of those around you, you are not serving the, your audience. And if you're not serving your audience, essentially you're not fulfilling your own prophetic prophecy of self-fulfillment where you feel the need 
to have other people connect with your music in order to feel feel like you are justified in your quest for being an artist. It's kind of a strange thing. You know, you want people to cross that bridge and connect to your, your art, but at the same time, you have to be able to at the, you know, symbi- at the same time, you also have to cross that bridge and connect with them. And so I guess that's kind of the, the point of it is let allowing your sensitivity to the world around you and allowing those emotions you feel and allowing that sensitivity, but don't wait for the world around you to take that first step. Throw it out there for them. Put yourself out there. And be that leader, be that artist, be that person who is not afraid to fail. Because I guarantee you, the fear of failure stings much more than failure itself. And believe me, I have failed many times. And it's not, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. It's a it's a tough thing to get over sometimes. But you know what? I can honestly say, hey, I tried and it just didn't work out. But you know what? I tried. And the times where I haven't tried and didn't get the result I wanted, but I didn't really put the effort in there. And I said, yeah, well, I probably wasn't, I probably wasn't going to happen anyway. But you know what? Maybe if I would have tried harder, it would have happened. That's kind of like wanting to get that promotion at work, but you don't really give it your all. You know, there's no guarantees in life, but what I can guarantee you is that if you don't give things your all, more than likely you're not going to get anything out of life. And that's just the hard and simple truth. So guys, we're approaching an hour, and I want to end this, but coming from a hypersensitive being, somebody who has learned to suppress their emotions to the outside world in an effort to be a better leader, in an effort to be able to spread a message that has that is more appreciated by those around them i want you all to keep in mind that you are less likely you're not going to change the world around you it's just the reality of it you're not your art is not going to going to move mountains That's not how this works. The mountains will be moved by the people who are inspired by your art. So if you work on inspiring those around you to do bigger and better things, that's how things really happen. That's how it works. Nobody is going to cross huge hurdles to find you and then to make your and to make your movement, make your art reality you've got to find them you've got to put forth the effort you've got to connect you've got to make the effort to connect to those people but once you connect to people and you have a message you have a voice you have a wavelength that connects and unites people you become a powerful leader in an artistic movement just like our president is a powerful leader in a political movement, whether you agree or disagree with him, he's a powerful leader. Just like some of these people who are in powerful groups of in, who create their art. You know, take a guy like Maynard James Keenan. You know, granted his 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 art is kind of becoming less mainstream and less in the public eye, but if he says something, I believe it. He moves mountains. You know, there are artists out there today who are moving mountains, not because of what they do, but because of what the others around them do. In response to their words, actions, their emotions, their wavelengths that we call art, music. Just something to think about. Alrighty, y'all. Y'all take care and pray for those around you who have suffered during Hurricane Harvey. Uh, this has been this has been a hard episode to do, but I I don't know I have to, I have to keep going. We got to keep doing this. We can't let 
the outside world stop us. You know, we can just, we just got to put our pants on one leg at a time, take one foot forward, and follow with the next foot. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.